Spring turkey season is upon us, and don't be caught out in the woods without having Onyx Hunt on your phone. One feature Onyx has that is often overlooked for turkey hunting is their recent imagery filter with their elite memberships. This imagery is updated week to week, and it comes in extremely handy, especially when you're trying to find these gobble zones where these turkeys will go out in a high spot on a fresh clear cut and strut around all day long. Actually, I was just looking at on Onyx where, where the timber company just came into Andrew's club and did a very small clear cut along this creek, and I can see the high spots on the topographical map, but also I can see exactly where they mulch, and those are going to be hot spots for finding gobblers, especially mid-morning after they get off their hens, getting up on these little high spots in this fresh, small clear cut along the creek and strutting and gobbling all day long. If you want to give Onyx a try, you can actually download it for free, try it for seven days, and if you decide to purchase, you can use the promo code SOUTHERN and save on your premium and elite memberships. So go into this turkey season, know where you stand with Onyx. Well, guys, we have some exciting news for you from Vortex about their brand new eyewear, their Banshee and Jackal sunglasses. Me and Andrew have had these for a few weeks now, right before the release, and we've been extremely impressed. They're awesome glasses, guys. And listen, if you're needing some new sunglasses, not only do they have the VIP warranty, but they're tough as crap, guys. Uh, Scratch-resistant eyewear, uh, it's extremely important. And also, they have safety features as well. So when you're out shooting at the range, again, these are rated glasses, so you are going to be more than protected when you're at the range. But they also look fantastic when you're out around town. So right now, Vortex has some special pricing on their website, which is vortexoptics.com for the new eyewear. But also, if you use the code SOUTHERN20, you get to save even more on this special pricing for right now at vortexoptics.com. Again, check out the new eyewear from vortexoptics.com and use the promo code SOUTHERN20 to save on their brand new eyewear. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody, to another outro for the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast. We've got a lot of ground to cover on this one. I'm sitting here with none other than the ginger bow hunter, sitting here with his brand new little Glock he just bought. Jacob, how are you doing over there? Oh, great. And that's going to that's gonna deter some people. Some people like, Glock, man. Yeah. You, you get you guys that love them, you got man, guys yeah, you that hate them. A, you bought a gun that your puppy's going to chew up and you can't use it anymore. <laughs> Pepper's going to get a hold of that thing. <laughs> I, no, dude, I like that little gun, man. Glock 43, dude. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a comfortable little little carry gun. Mm-hmm. I, I need me a new carry gun. So, um, uh, well, we got a lot to cover this week. We're still in this weird funk where we we've recorded a bunch of really good episodes ahead of time and haven't dropped them yet, but they're in our heads, and so I like want to talk about them, but we really can't talk about them much. Um, that we can't. The one I'll say this: the one coming out on Monday, and I'm saying this for the Patreon members especially. The one coming out Monday, we're and actually the next two coming out, we're focusing a lot on what what we coined the term, I guess, or the guys that we interviewed coined the term buck hubs. And the buck hub has to do with basically travel routes where deer are coming from, or specifically bucks coming from multiple directions, coming to this one spot. It's really, really interesting. Y'all are going to hear all about that on Monday. But if you're a Patreon member, actually the day that this drops, I'm going to record a video where I'm going to get on a topo map and I'm going to try to point out what we talk about in these next two episodes when it comes to buck hubs. I'm going to get on there. I'm going to try to point out the terrain features that they're specifically talking about here and kind of explain it in depth. So you Patreon members can actually go watch that and have that kind of in your brain as we release these two episodes. So you'll actually be able to listen to that episode with that video and reference. So as we're talking, you're going to understand it a lot better. The day that this drops, I'm actually recording that. I'm going to try to have it out today as well, by probably by the afternoon. But yeah, that, y'all Patreon members, you'll be looking for that. On Patreon, I actually did the same thing with uh, turkey episodes a couple weeks ago, uh, two weeks ago. I did one on uh, gobbling knobs and secondary ridges. Which might should be oh, yeah. the term knobs. Apparently, apparently we've been getting a little bit of 
little bit of slack for that. Well, you you, you know, want to explain it, that? It makes sense when you Google what a knob is. Is not what we're talking about. You mm. know, we've had we've had some. I don't I don't trust Google at all. <laughs> I don't trust Google, man, because it's it's all regional. It's all yeah, regional it, it, dialect. No, it is regional, but like so regional where we're at, where we talk about a knob is like a slight little subtle point coming off a little ridge. Not really a secondary point. There's a slight little like a knob. Well, in a lot of other parts <laughs> of the country where it's like more flatland, a knob is like a little rise, like in a flatland. So it might be, you know, like this little, it's a little knob. It's like a little elevation, like a little, yeah, like a little but they hill. also call like a four foot elevation a ridge, you know, like, That's, you <laughs> it's know, all where, where you're it's, at. Just, it's, it's all regional. But yeah, Nobody's we, wrong. It's just regional. But you know, it's a regional dialect. Our knobs mm-hmm. are not what a lot of other people would call a knob. Yeah. Come so. to find out. So I'm going to keep using the term, dadgummit. <laughs> just to confuse everybody. Just to confuse so. everybody. Well, if you get if you join our Patreon and you go watch the video, I won't be confused anymore. I explain exactly that's what good, I'm talking that's, about. That's an excellent point. So, yeah, I, in that particular video, I went on there and uh, pointed out a couple of goblin knobs and a secondary ridge point that had several knobs coming off of it that, like, if I was going to go turkey hunt this area, look really good. And I, I kind of break that down, and and not just really from my perspective, because like I'm I, I'm an okay turkey hunter, but look, talking about from like Mike Pentecost, uh, Devin Duncan, other guys like that who we've interviewed, the kind of stuff they've talked about, I, I try to work that into the video a lot of like, hey, when they say this, this is what they're talking about. Um, so we're gonna be doing the same thing with deer stuff. So y'all be looking for that. Did, hey, did uh did Devin real quick not to put Devin under the bus here? In his episode, would he call him knobs? His little pine. He called little pine knobs. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he or did. Or was it little pine point? What? Him? I think he did call it a knob. Oh, he might have. We need to. We need. To, I need to go back and listen to that. Well, episode. he was right about that, man. I tell you what. But but just I just wanted to bring that up. But, you know, <laughs> but some other. You We're know, not the only ones. Other guys using that same terminology, but yeah. But anyway, um, yeah. So yeah. So that that should come out again once this episode is posted and published uh, within the same day. So that'll be super exciting. But on. Other words or other news, I guess you got. Um, this past Monday's episode, um, Adam Tucker. Yeah, it was it was an interesting one, man. First mm-hmm. off, listen. So Michael Perry called me. He's like, he's like, Jake, I need you to grunt like that old boy from that podcast. I'm like, <laughs> dude, I can't. I'm like, man. I'm like, dude, that guy. Like Adam can. Dude, he's grunting. Dude, Perry, because Perry called Michael Perry called me. He we were talking about it. And he's like, man. He's like, man. He's like, you know. He's like that dude was spot on. Like that sound. He's like, I've heard that big buck do the same thing. It's you know, it's almost like a it's like, like click. A click. It's like a click. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, there's some pretty good videos out there on that too. By the way, yeah, to kind of go can, and watch and check that stuff out. I think it's Management Advantage or somebody has one of them, but it's probably one of the better ones I've seen. It's like a snort wheeze video, and he's got uh, some grunts on there, and mm-hmm. the buck is walking through there, and he's doing that where it's like a one note of like a grunt, like clicks. It's cool. It's really cool to watch. Mm-hmm. Not something here a lot. No, not, not at all. But anyway, super interesting, and uh, definitely dude's a full out woodsman. But it was it was cool to kind of get that guy's perspective. Like you know, he's driving three and a half hours to go hunt a place that has lower deer densities than the area around him, but it's just an area that he has a passion for hunting, mm-hmm. which I found just super interesting. I mean, again, it seems like a lot of these guys once they get into like mountain hunting, like they do anything they can to like stay and hunt that stuff. Yeah, it's not like they're, not like they're leaving it for because you know just figure it out. Yeah, that's come to find out after you know, you know, some of these other episodes that we've recorded. Uh, same for some of these other guys. Yeah, it's like same for some of these other guys. Like, hey, something about those, you know, more mountainous areas that it seems like you can get a really interesting pattern. Yeah, on, on these deer, and once you start mapping it out, you can start looking at a map and be like, I bet you, not only is a buck probably bedded here, but he's probably coming through this. You know, as we talked about on Monday's episode, this buck hub. Oh. Uh, which when we say that term buck hub it's like you know we talk about hubs in other places like it's, it's not the same it, thing it's not the same thing it's actually very different and uh just let's say let me say you're not gonna want to miss monday's episode just trust me you're, yeah. you're not gonna want to miss it michael said it's the best one we've ever done by 150 percent yeah pike. michael pike said that yep so i'm excited i'm excited for people to hear that man yep. Yep. no yeah. no that really needs any hype because when it comes out i think it's gonna be very well received but um but no, Adam, dude, was a wealth of knowledge. Just kind of talking about, you know, mm-hmm. how he hunts. You know, his what he calls funnels up there is definitely a lot more saddles and stuff, it seems like. Hunting yeah. big secondary ridge points and kind of like keying in on the rhododendron. And also, he talked about ivy a whole bunch. And actually, Paul Butera was like messaging me back and forth about like, he's like, I'm pretty sure he's talking about some of his English ivy and stuff. Like not only just rhododendron. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it, it was 
super interested to see how he's keying in on some of these other kind of like food sources that's played a factor for him up there. Yeah, and we forgot to talk about this on the show, but in my conversations I was having with him before we got him on the show, he was talking about watching Bucks get to like a blow down laurel thicket and get on their like bellies and crawl through stuff. Like get into just this like super thick cover. Like really interesting stuff. He had he had just a ton of insight. Um and especially on bears too. He's a big bear hunter. So uh we'll probably do a bear episode or two this year. Might have him back on for that. But um having these mountain guys on here lately has been fun and we've been talking about it a bunch, but now we finally got our own experience to talk about mm. going and scouting. So we got a little bit of firsthand knowledge finally well, of going out there and not firsthand knowledge, but <laughs> just experience yeah. of, uh, of actually going out and trying to apply this stuff. And now we can talk about it because we actually, you know, got to go do a little scouting. We've been pretty busy lately. Haven't been doing a lot of stuff in the woods, but, uh, do you want to jump right into that? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, like, like traditional injury fashion, you know, comes to May and he's like, all right, we're going to go try a different piece of land this year. It's <laughs> you know, just like two or three years in a row. I think well, this has happened. And I'm like, not going to deny that. Yeah. So we're like, all right, well, let's drive, you know, multiple hours. Oh, no, it seemed like multiple hours. Let's well, see. Jacob was, he was, he was kind of blowing it off a little bit. He was like, yeah, whatever. I'm like, yeah, okay. And then I got you to go with me. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, he talked about, he talked about this area, this piece of public land. He said, man, I think there's some big deer there. Blah, 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 blah. You know, <laughs> Pretty tough access, the whole nine yards. I'm like, okay, dude. So we decided we actually drove over there a while back when we were doing a podcast episode with an individual. And uh, like, okay, you know, this looks interesting. Well, let's come back here and scout. And you're like, okay, let's go Saturday. I'm like, all right, let's do it. Kind of had a game plan. You sent me some, you know, you sent me kind of the area that you want to look at. And I, I started looking at the pins. I'm like, okay, I, I'm finding some pretty interesting terrain. This mm. is a lot more mountainous, a lot yep. more steep, big elevation change. Very different from what we're nasty used to stuff. Hunt. And, uh, yeah, it's just very different terrain. And I'm like, okay, you know, this is going to be interesting. Kind of hunting more, a little bit more kind of the big wood side of everything. Um, and just a lot more rugged terrain. And, you know, we, we get out there and we're like, okay, well, let's, let's see what we're going to do. And I think we did, you know, we had, we hiked, that's a jump too far ahead. I think we did, it was seven and a half miles. Yeah. 7.6. And just over after the whole hike, the whole scout. Just over about twenty two hundred feet of elevation gain. Yep. And about two thousand foot of elevation loss mm-hmm. during the whole scout. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, if you're in Alabama, that's that's pretty That's a lot that's for us, man. I'm like, dude. There's probably some other guys in other places who were like, eh. Oh yeah, a lot of these guys like even from Virginia or whatever, they're laughing. That's a ton for Alabama. They're like, oh dude, that's that's yeah, that's nothing. <laughs> but uh no, it that was that was it was it was pretty intense, I'm not gonna lie. Uh but the interesting aspect was like we're going to an area, it's not necessarily known for like crazy high deer numbers and we get in there and it was like vo- like null and void mm. of any sign until we get to a mountain laurel thicket yeah so we uh, we started the hike up and i mean we we're staying on the trail for most of the way getting in there um and we we got up into this higher stuff that we were wanting to look at where these some of this nastier steeper terrain was mountain laurel thickets and we finally get up to a certain level and we get to that first interesting feature that we were looking at which is just uh, i don't know how would you describe that the first interesting feature a knob where we got off the trail we dropped our packs and oh no it was a secondary ridge point coming off yeah. like the main like there was a, like a main a big tall main ridge um and there was a a for the area i'd say it's a decent size secondary ridge for some areas it'd be a really large secondary ridge but a secondary ridge point that came off this main ridge, you know, a couple hundred feet below it. And actually, I don't know, maybe 400 feet. I don't know. It was, it was a good bit below. Yeah. It's pretty far but down. But it came off and had a had a creek to one side of it. And then, you know, the kind of trail kind of wrapped around it. And, you know, we dropped the packs. And, Man, I'm going to check up here on the top of this. Because we're in a mountain laurel thicket at the time. Yeah. A big over, like, that big, mature, old growth uh, mountain laurel where like it's you know, like you can walk underneath it and like you don't even have to like hunch over like it's all shaded out you can crouch down and see all underneath yeah. it yeah you know it's like a little miniature and, canopy and I told you I'm like dude I was looking up on the ridge like up above off the trail I'm like I bet you there's a deer trail up there like I, I yeah. bet you so we dropped the packs and whatever I'm like okay I'm gonna go up there so I'll run up the hill and get up there and the second I get on the edge of that mountain laurel thicket probably 30 40 yards from where, we dropped, where I dropped the pack I'm like, here's a trail, like a little faint trail. I'm like, okay, cool. We start kind of falling along, falling along. And we kind of start working our way down the edge of the Mount Laurel. They get like, okay, we're finding more, like a little bit more sign, a little bit more sign. 
little rub, stuff like that. And you know, I think that was one thing we were kind of worried about in an area like this. Man, are we going to find like rubs, <laughs> anything, or scrapes, yeah. or you know, how easy are we going to find tracks and stuff like that? Because you just you don't really know in an area that's again just not known for like super high deer numbers. And uh, right off the bat, we're like, okay, well, here we are. You know, we're mm-hmm. you know a mile and a half in, and we're finding deer sign. So. Because uh, it, it got really interesting because we get to the point where you were walking through the middle of the Mount Laurel and I was on the edge of it. And I'm like, again, cutting a couple good, like a couple decent trails. <laughs> and you're like, oh, hey, let's go back and grab our packs. Cause like we're starting to get kind of, you know, far from the packs, working up the, working up the, up the ridge, up the mountain. And uh, I'm like, all right, cool. I'll meet you back at the packs. Well, the second I turn and like you drop back off, I try to call your name because I look up the hill, I see a big rub. <laughs> and I, or, or it looks to me like a big rub. And I'm like, Andrew, and like there was a war coming through, and like there's no way I guess you could hear me. And I'm like, all right, whatever. So like I started just going straight up the ridge, like straight up on top of the top of the ridge. And as I was going up, it's like a uh, big, like a uh, mix of like short leaf pines and some long leaf pines, but a lot of short leaf pines. And it opened up, and I just see this one uh, uh, pine tree that was just shredded. <laughs> I mean, you know, like three and a half foot tall, which for around here is, you know, pretty tall. Uh, just, I mean, completely shredded. I'm like, man, I'm like, heck yeah. Like dude. where you can tell he's got a little bit of trash on the bases. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, he's, he's really, you know, jacking his tree up and I'm like, all right, cool. Cause again, not really knowing what to expect. I'm like, this mm-hmm. is pretty interesting. Just kind of where the signs at kind of parallel these trails. And I go, I just walk a little bit further and I've been thinking by the way, before going out there, cause I'm thinking about this Wyoming trip we're going to go on hunting, like, sage grouse and, and uh, sharp fell grouse. And it, all of a sudden, this thing flies up out like, oh, oh well, so, there, so there's a lot of blueberry bushes where we're at? Yeah. Or what's it called? El, uh, uh, Elderman's? Elderman's blueberries. Yeah. Or whatever. yeah so like they're that. all like knee high. Like mm-hmm. this whole area is like covering them. And this thing, this bird flies up. And instantly I'm like, oh, there's a grouse. That we, were, we were talking about earlier. I'm like, dude, you know, supposedly, you know, rough grouse is on... Uh, when you look at Alabama like species up, it shows rough grouse and there's no open season for them. Mm-hmm. So clearly there's gotta be some here uh for them to even like, I've heard of it. people jumping some before. So like this bird comes up and the first time I'm like, I'm like, dang, that's a big rough grouse. And I'm like, oh, that's a hen turkey. <laughs> <laughs> and uh she like pitches up, flies away, and I'm like, I bet you she's on a nest. And I just like tiptoed forward and like got like eight, ten yards from like where she'd gotten up. I looked over. I can see there's like four eggs there. I'm like, mm, all right, cool. I'm like, I'm not back gonna get, out. And not gonna get any closer, leaving it sent there. And uh for predators. Uh anyways. The thought being you don't want a predator yeah, to basically track you like to the, the nest. Like a curiosity thing. Yeah, because a lot of people talk about that. If you walk up to a nest, it's like you're attracting predators that like are like tracking you, which mm-hmm. I feel like happens quite often. Like for whatever a coon or coyote, mm-hmm. whatever. Just like hits that. They're snow. just hitting that scent trail. Like, it's just like is, a, it's, it's just different. like your dog. Yeah, it's like it's different. And anyways, trekking all the way up, and they're like, "Oh, well, here's the eggs. Great, I'm gonna eat them." So anyways, I try to stay as far away as I could from them. Started working back down the ridge point, like walking down towards the ridge point where kind of the packs were at. And I'm like, dude, like rub, 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 scrape. Oh man, it's a good looking scrape here. I'm like dropping pins, and I get my track on Onyx, and I'm like kind of e- keep on easing. I'm like, man, this looks awesome. Finally, it's like 25 minutes later, I show up, and you're like, dude, where the hell have you been? Oh yeah, I was sitting. I was sitting at the packs, waiting on you. I was eating a granola bar. I know, Andrew, trying to fatten up. Man. I was like, "Where did he go?" He told me to go back to the packs. Anyways, I was like, "Man, I found some sign," and we went back up there, and it, it was cool to. I mean, we found you know two or three scrapes. I, I mean, explain like how, like how is it set up like habitat wise, and like how those bucks are like using that area because it's it's kind of interesting because it's not like extremely thick, but also it's got the the security factor, like you get like the Mount Laurel down low, like where there's a trail, like a hiking trail at. Yep. And like way up, like up above it, it's like they've got like all this area that they can kind of see stuff from a distance. But also, like I feel like when they're going through, there's enough like sapling trees and smaller trees that kind of add a little bit more kind of uh, obstruction to their movement. Yeah. Uh, there. So there's a Mount Laurel kind of on the side slope and it goes up. And when you get to the top of that secondary ridge, you have. Just a more open terrain. It's more hard. It's like a uh, pine hardwood mix, and it's pretty open. I mean, you can see way through it right now in the growing season. It's probably very, very open in the fall, but they're just kind of traversing the edge of that mountain laurel, and they're popping up within 50 yards of the edge or so. You can find scrapes there and, and finding rubs and everything, and found a couple faint trails, some of them parallel in the mountain laurel, some of them cutting out above it, like cutting straight across the draw where the 
there, this little draw kind of goes up that secondary ridge point, and right where the mountain laurel ends, the tip of the draw, there's a trail cutting across the tip of that draw where they're just trying to basically go around the top of it rather than drop way down in it and come way back up. They swing around the top. And that was actually the most impressive trail that I saw. And um, we we fanned out, and uh, you took the the bottom, and then I took the top, and I literally just zigzagged back and forth the whole ridge top, just looking for sign. And there was some sign up there. I mean, there was there was rubs, not like what we're used to, like at all. The places that we normally hunt, we hunt some pretty high deer density areas, and. Uh, I don't know, just where we're used to hunting, you get on a ridge like that that's got deer on it, you're going to find like 15, 20 rubs a lot of times. Uh, up there, there was like 10, maybe, something like that. Uh, two scrapes and very close proximity to each other. Um, not overly impressive scrapes, you know, just like, I don't know. To be honest, you had to kind of look for them. You really had to look for them. You're like, this looks like there should be a scrape there. You looked at like, oh yeah, there's... There's an indention in the ground. Yeah, like you can see... pine straw. Yeah, you can see where they had kicked it out in the fall. Yeah, and uh, it's covered up, but, but the licking branches, and after talking to a couple of these mountain guys and listening to what they have to say, the licking branch is apparently a lot more important than than what's on the ground. So you might have a, you know, a scrape that's, you know, I don't know, two feet across, but if that licking branch, if it's the right kind of licking branch, which you'll have to listen to these next couple episodes to find out about, uh, you know, that could be that, like, big community scrape that you're looking for, which... Uh, I think I might have found a good scrape to put a camera on. But anyways, that was kind of that ridge. Uh, me and you met back up, and the secondary ridge point kind of goes down. And uh, where where it comes to the to actual point, it it's like a very steep sudden drop off at that point. When you get to the when you get to the point, I mean, it drops straight down. I mean, like way down this valley, and it's bluffed out, and there's mountain laurel, and it's just super nasty. So we're like, okay, let's work this point. So we go work that point. Oh, you're really jumping ahead. Well, what'd you find? From, no, I'm just saying from like the dust bowl and all that kind of stuff uh, from the turkeys. Oh yeah, we did find a little dust but, bowl up there. But in like there. we had moved across like this big, like what we call like a landscape satellite. Where yeah. The secondary ridge point came off. There was like a, a low spot from the creek drainage on the left-hand side to the west side. And then there was another drainage, I mean, 400 yards or so to the, to the, uh, about 300 yards. The uh, yeah, to the east surprising lack of sign in that saddle. Yeah, it was like big. There's like it seemed like there was a mix of white oak, red oaks, or mountain oaks. Like so, yeah, a mix of different things right there. And like yeah, just like very little sign. I was yeah, I thought down. looking at the map, I was like, when we get to that saddle, I bet it's gonna be lit up. Yeah, and it. I looking back, I I don't think I covered it very well. I think I I I should have like walked it a little better, but. Um, cause just knowing what I know now about the area, like you really have to look for that sign. It's not like, again, it's not like where we, where we normally hunt where, you know, you just kind of quick scan. You're like, Oh, rub, 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 rub. You know, there's a scrape. Yep. Uh, you, you really got to look for the sign up in there. Um, so I, I feel like I didn't really do that saddle justice, but just from giving it like a once over, uh, there was really like nothing in there. There was a, there was one scrape kind of right at the base of it, uh, that I found the, again, just a small scrape. The licking branch wasn't very impressive. It wasn't broken or anything, but it was definitely a scrape. Um, and that was that was the only buck sign I saw. In. Yeah. Well, we we'd come across and uh, go to the other side of uh, this other. So that this big ridge point has like another like protruding little point that comes off it, and we start working that way. And it's like insulin, dude, off the little trail, and instantly started getting into like, oh, here's a rub. Oh, here's a rub. Good rub. Oh, there's some big rubs right here, dude. Oh man, it's scrape right in this one little spot um, and started kind of easing and easing and easing our way towards like the, the drop off, which is kind of where you were getting to where it gets real steep and there's a bunch of mountain laurel right there. Yeah. And it's like, I start going through the mountain laurel. I'm like, dude, there's all kinds of sign. Like, and then like going, cause it's like this mountain laurel was very different from the other stuff we'd gone through because the other stuff earlier on was like big, like old growth mountain laurel where it's like tall, like you can pretty much go up underneath it, like barely hunch over and you can like shoot through it. You can see all the way through it. This other stuff was like kind of more dead or mm-hmm. like uh, patchy, patchy. Like you tell maybe like a fire had gone through here, or whatever. That's what I think Paul was talking. We, we talked to Paul about this, and uh, he had mentioned potentially, you know, maybe a fire had gone through it. something. It killed it back, and it's like way more shrubby. Like you're not going through it. Like it's just like it's patchy where you can like walk your way around them. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I was down there messing with that stuff. I was like, man, there's some good trails in here. And all of a sudden, you're like, like, hey, dude, I got some beds up here. I'm like, what? And we come up there. And there's like three or four 
really good beds on this point next to this blowdown. And I'm like instantly like looking at it. You're like, man, this is doe beds, buck beds. I'm like, dude, looking at it. I'm like, it's. I feel like it's got to be a bachelor bachelor group or a buck that's just trying to reposition all within about ten to fifteen yard area based off like yeah. however he wants to lay on this point. Um, yeah, uh, and right before that point, so that where you're talking about is right there on the end. Right before you get to the end, there's a little bitty like micro saddle, little bitty little saddle. low spot. Yeah, it's just a low spot. Um, and right there in that low spot, there was a scrape that wasn't that impressive again i mean it's like barely it's like two basketballs is like the size of the scrape but the licking branch is like the size of my thumb the main licking branch and then there's a couple that are like the size of my pinky and they're all busted and twisted off the 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 tree that the licking branch is coming off of is rubbed um and it just i don't know it looks interesting and so i was like okay that's probably his place especially looking now where i'd I'd probably put a camera just to like kind of see what those deer are looking like but and then you go a little bit further and you come up out of that little low spot and you get on the actual point itself and that's where those beds were mm-hmm. and it was classic right there on the point up against the blowdown like boom you got four beds big old beds that are sunken in hair in them and everything there's a rub next there's rub like adjacent yeah to there's rubs beds. adjacent to them there's a scrape adjacent to them there's a smaller scrape right next to where we ate lunch um and then Boone ran over there and took a dump in one of the beds, which is always great. <laughs> just just great. We turn around, we're like, where's Boone? And we turn around and he's just squatted right in one of the main beds. I was like, well, that that can't be good. Yeah, no. But again, it, it was like, I'm like, okay, this is like looking really interesting. Plus, like, one thing I liked about that ridge point is the laurel wasn't on the point. It was just off it. Like, as you hit that military crest, as it started dropping off, that's where the mountain laurel started. It was kind of running along the ridge, and then it kind of like dropped off the point. I'm like, this is a pretty interesting spot. I was looking at it from maybe like talking like rut hunting or something. Like where yeah. you're trying to like maybe there's does. This is what I was looking at at the time. Now maybe I look a little bit differently after doing this whole scouting trip. But at the time, I'm like, man, maybe there's some does better in there potentially during the rut. Mm-hmm. East facing slope, upward rising thermal. I'm like, dude, if you slipped in here on a morning hunt and got up where you could like calm a tree looking down off that ridge point and like watch the edge of those, um, those mountain laurels, both directions, both like to the east and also to like the southwest or whatever. Yeah. And like watch that whole line. I'm like, man, I think you could do really, really good right here. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when we were like, okay, well, hey, you know, we're in this one spot. Well, hey, let's look across that drainage. We're going over there to like, because he had a specific ridge oh. he wanted to get to and it was yeah. across this big drainage. And I'm like, we're staying in there. And this is like one of those things like coming from like, like subtle hill country, like where like we're normally where we like have hunted at is like a hundred foot elevation change is like significant. Yeah, definitely. that's like that's a big hill. That's super significant. We get out here and it's like okay, we got to drop six hundred like between four hundred fifty and six hundred feet down, depending on like what path we take. Down, lose elevation, and then come up at least five to six hundred feet up the other side. And I'm looking across, and it, I felt like I was in Arkansas again, like where I was hunting in Arkansas, yeah. and I'm like it was very intimidating. Like for real, at the time, like, I'm like, I'm this is like super intimidating. Like, dude, like, how are we gonna get across there? And then like we start doing it, and I'm not trying to jump ahead, but we get doing it and come up the other side. And I get him really jumping ahead here, but like, I'm like, that wasn't too bad. Like, it took some time. Yeah, like, you just kind of pace yourself. Well, like, don't run up the side of the dang hill. <laughs> no, not, not at all. But like again, at the time, I was like, dude, this is going to suck. <laughs> but uh, anyways, it, it it was it was pretty sweet because we started working our way down that ridge off this point, and what we were gonna originally we were gonna drop right off the point. But we couldn't, or we decided not to, because there's mountain laurel all right there on the other side. It looked like it was bluffed out on the maps, and they're yeah. like, oh, okay, like not only are we probably gonna get caught up in like a like a younger mountain laurel thicket, where it's gonna be like impenetrable to get through, but also it's bluffed out on the other side, so we're still gonna have to circle downhill, you know, down the creek and come up the other side. Yeah. So I'm like, let's just bail off like the side of this point, side hill down, kind of fall on the edge of the the mountain laurel downhill. And then get to a certain elevation point and then drop straight down to the creek, go straight down and try to come up the other side. And that's kind of what we did. And uh, again, didn't find t- I mean, we found, you know, some rubs and stuff, but nothing, nothing too crazy. Well, I'll say that, uh, you know, that point, that was the highest concentration of sign so far, right around those beds. That whole ridge side had rubs all over it. I mean, yeah. from pretty much wherever you were standing, you could look around and find a rub, which is pretty significant for like what we had been through. Then of course you had the beds, and then you had some significant scrapes. But also, just standing up there looking around, there's deer tracks 
in the pine straw all over the place, mm-hmm. little punch holes, and you can see all deer tracks all over the place. Actually, before we found the scraper or anything, I dropped a pin, uh, and just in the description on Onyx, I just put like tons of deer tracks in here right now, like fresh deer tracks all over the place. And that was the first place that we'd found that so far. And then when we start uh, losing elevation to try to get to this other point, we're essentially just trying to cross this gorge and get back on the same elevation that we were on. And we dro- we start dropping way down, and we're working the edge of this mountain laurel. We we start dropping down, and the deer sign just kind of evaporates. Oh, 100%. Very little deer sign going down that. I thought that we were going to be finding big old freaking rubs coming oh, yeah, right out of these yeah, edges. Yeah, down the creek or stuff, or just down the edge? Yeah, down the edge, down in the creek. Very little deer sign. We did find some rubs, but very few. Not, But not down on the creek. It was like higher up. Yeah. When we were going down, like, okay, and they were like real like small. Just more on the side slope. Yeah, real small. Like you're like, okay, this isn't very impressive. But yeah, you get to yeah. a certain elevation downhill. You're like, dude, there's no deer sign at all. No trails, no tracks, droppings, rubs, scrapes, nothing. Nothing. And then we dropped down into this freaking little hell hole of a uh, creek, <laughs> freaking slipping and sliding, sliding down the hill. Yeah, down the hill. Get down there, cross that side. Found a colony of freaking mosquitoes that looked like they wanted to carry you away while we were down there, mm-hmm. freaking down there chilling for a second. But one thing we could talk about that was really interesting was throughout this day, like up on like the mountain or up on like these mountains, um, talking about like it was overcast earlier. It was like so cool. The mm-hmm. sun kind of came up when we were going down the hill. Like, okay, it's starting to get like, you know, starting to warm up. Starting to warm up. But when we get down in that creek, and the second we hit that mountain where we were down in the water, it's like 15 degree temperature change. When you think turkey calls, Think of Houndstooth. Houndstooth Game Calls is a company based right here in Alabama, actually based out of Tuscaloosa, and they have been making some of our favorite turkey calls since 2012. Y'all head on over to their website, see what they got. They got a little something for everybody. They have a huge selection of different mouth calls, different cuts, different read configurations. I like to go on there and get five or six different mouth calls and just run them, see which ones I like the most. You know, some days I might like the KB Hen, some days I might like the Ghost Cut. Some situations I might like the Country Girl Call, you know, that I can cut on really hard where on other situations i might like the all pro that i can get a little bit softer on bottom line there's something for everybody and something for every situation and hey you can get 15 percent off of your order at houndstooth game calls by using the promo code sop24 that's sop24 use that promo code it'll get you a discount and it helps out the podcast well and the, the cool thing too it was like uh low 70s that day that we went was the high very comparable to a lot of like Alabama season. I mean, at least yeah, October, November, it's yeah. not unusual to get like a, a day where the high is like right there around 70. Mm-hmm. And so it's pretty realistic for what we'll probably end up be hunting in this fall. And man, you hit that, you hit that creek bottom and it's like you, someone opened a fridge upstream. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, I mean, you get like no joke. We get to a point where like, I'm like, dude, I'm kind of chilly. Like, yeah. Yeah. As you're getting all sweaty and stuff, and you're like, dude, I kind of wish I would have. You're like, I kind of wish I would have had a long sleeve shirt on today. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but it was super cool. But again, that the weird, the weird thing was, I was thinking like, man, if it's so cool down here, like you'd see like tracks or something. Like, hey, because if I was a deer, dude, I'd sit down there too, man. Yeah, nice and cool. But come, what we find out later after doing a podcast episode, we're like, okay, maybe it's not the greatest spot to chill at when it comes to like uh, being ambushed on and everything else and exit trails, but. Then we come through there, come up the other side, start getting up on this next little, I almost want to say knob, but next little <laughs> side ridge. And uh, I'm like, man, I smell, like I smell a deer. Like I smell a buck right now. Oh, yeah. We, I mean, we hit that thing. And hit, it, you like, hit you like a freaking. I mean, smacks you right in the face. Smacked you. And you're like, okay. And the problem was the wind was kind of swirled right there. And I couldn't tell which way the smell was. I, kept, I was like. Is it back behind us, like down on the creek bottom? Is it like up this yeah. next little drainage or up the ridge? I couldn't tell, but uh, you could definitely, you know, smell that. Hey, there's there's like a deer in here, probably bedded, like probably was bedded fairly close, and you could like just smell like the urine and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dang, I'm like, okay, well, clearly, like it would make sense, like being somewhere down here, kind of chilling out, a little cooler temperatures and everything else. But we start doing this death march up this freaking ridge, <laughs> and it interesting fact when we were going up this ridge, it's something we can talk about. Is on this ridge something that we noticed? There was a there was a, a couple of trails that we noticed that were going straight up and over the top of this ridge, like going straight up. Yeah, like it was deer trail, and you'd find scrapes. And Andrew, you can talk about this. 
every so mm. often going up off this trail. And you, when you found this scrape, there'd be a paralleling trail that would be paralleling this ridge, like side hill around the ridge that would meet right there where that scrape was at. Yeah, and that scrape too. Or uh, scrapes. We found, I think, three of them. Yep. All three of them, the scrape was like in the trail. Like they made the scrape right on top of the trail. Uh, and part of that, I think, is actually just because there was like not very many licking branches in there. And they just happened to have one in that spot and they made that scrape right on top of that deer trail. But yeah, that trail going straight up the side of the ridge. I mean, like you're walking in that trail, you're going straight up the hill. Uh, and then you hit one of those scrapes and you kind of look to the side and there's little faint trails that are side hilling around. Yeah. And that was interesting. And we kept going up. And then you brought up that some of these mountain hunter guys that we've talked to will say those does, they're going straight up, mm-hmm. straight up and down. And the bucks are going around and around. So that, and that, that's exactly what we saw, I guess, was uh, you have this trail going straight up and down, pretty heavy um, it's for the area. Now, I wouldn't consider it a heavy trail at all compared to what I'm normal, like what I'm, what I'm used to. Um, but for the area, it's one of the heavier trails we've seen going straight up and down. And then you got little faint trails with buckson on them, cutting around, paralleling and intersecting them. And where they intersect, boom, you got a scrape. And when we say parallel, not paralleling the trail going up and down, but paralleling the ridge. Yes, 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 yes. So coming around the side of the ridge. It's like they're working a certain topo line. Yeah. And they're just coming around this long ridge. Yeah. And it's kind of like how guys will talk about with field edges and stuff you'll find scrapes on field edges where you got those big wallowed out trails going out of the fields, those doe trails, and boom, you got a scrape right there. Well, the buck's not necessarily walking that big wallowed out trail. He's cutting across them, checking them. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the same principle up there in the mountain. So that that was kind of fun to see. That's not something I've really seen before. And again, just I can't stress enough like the how different the sign is, the trails, the rubs, the scrapes, just so much less than what I'm what I'm used to. We continued up the side of the ridge, a lot of mountain oaks up there. And from people who I've talked to, a lot of people say those mountain oaks aren't highly preferred by the deer. And definitely when we were in those mountain oaks, we were just seeing like a lack of general sign. Mm -hmm. There wasn't as much sign there. Uh, Not as many rubs or tracks or anything like that. Lots of turkey scratching, but uh, from the previous fall, but that was pretty much it. And then we make it to the very, very top of that ridge. Big long ridge, like secondary ridge coming down. We hit the top, and I remember I was like, "Yeah, we made it to the top." And you were like, "Man, this looks okay." <laughs> you were like, "You were unimpressed with." Oh, like, I was like, "No, I was thinking like this sucks though. There is no sign here. Oh, it was and, open. You know, no, it was open, and also it was like, and I kind of guess I, I was looking at this on the, on the map. Like, I'm one of those people. Like, there's something about a ridge. Like, it's a really like a more like slimmer ridge, as you could say. Something about like a wider ridge, like you'll have deer, you know, sometimes you'll have deer on top, but you have a lot of deer on those edges. But like, this is like a real, you know, at certain points, it was a fairly thin ridge. And like, we get up there and I'm like, there's nothing on top. Like there's, it's just pines up top. Like there's nothing here. There's no sign. It doesn't make sense for them to be on top. And it like made, it was making more and more sense to me that, hey, deer can be off the edge. But then as we started walking around there, I'm like, well, on the South side, it's like, mixed hardwoods like in some pines but make, mostly mixed hardwoods well on the other side like the north side of this little ridge or the secondary ridge um is mountain laurel and the mountain laurel came very close to the top and i'm like okay this makes now more sense if the does are coming straight up from the south going over the top of this ridge going to like these mountain laurels to the north embedding that these bucks would parallel well maybe we should like not focus so much on the south side of the ridge let's focus on the north side of the ridge yep and like start walking that edge and start seeing like Hey, are we finding any scrapes here or rubs or anything? And we started kind of getting some of that sign, um, you know, some scrapes, uh, you know, with some good looking branches, some rubs, and then got to the point where I was like, dude, we need, like, you got to one point, like, dude, you know, we're walking up this ridge and like, hey, let's like hit this subtle little drainage up here, like this little low spot come off the side of the ridge and hit that and go back down and kind of like scout back down below us. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm like, right before that, I'm like, well, let's go over here and check out the north side one more time, like farther up where we we're at. Mm-hmm. And we come up and like start easing down, and the mountain laurel was like lower, like farther below us, which was kind of interesting. It wasn't so close to the top; it was probably yeah, you know, like sixty maybe yards from the very top. Yeah, that's kind of where it's at. And the pines kind of spill over the top of the ridge, and the pines go down and hit that mountain laurel. So yeah. you got like a pine mountain laurel edge. Which is interesting. And like when we that's came, what initially grabbed my attention about that spot. Yeah, way. and like we came over the edge, and like you had to like keep walking off the edge, 
it was like you could stand on the edge of the ridge and like look down and like see the mountain lower. Like you had to keep on easing over, easing over. And we finally ease over like 20 yards off the top. And uh, I'm like, man, like this looks really good. I'm like, there's this big rock structure down. Let's go up to this rock structure. I get to that rock structure and we like look down and you're like, dude, I think there's a big rub down there. And I'm like, that's a really big rub. And we're standing there. I'm like, dude, this looks interesting because like it was like a pocket where the mountain laurel didn't come up the ridge very far, like as high up, uh, but it like wrapped up around it. So like we're like, you're almost like in a, like a, an opening in the mountain laurel that's probably 50, 60 yards wide. Yeah. Uh, with mountain laurel farther below you, but then mountain laurel wrapped up to your left and wrapped up to your right, like all the way up to like where this rock formation was. And I'm like, man, mm. this is a sweet little spotlight. Yeah. If a deer was coming through here and kind of working the edge of the mountain laurel, he'd come right through this big opening where you could set up on and like, you know, be able to get a good shot opportunity. And that's exactly right where these big rubs are at. Yep. And, and what I would consider like a, well, I don't know. I don't know if you'd really consider it like a signpost. It's not like a huge tree or anything, but a tree that's clearly been rubbed multiple years in a row. Um, and that's the, that's the rub that I saw and when I looked down the hill and I went walk, I went and walked down there and sure enough that that tree had been rubbed multiple years in a row like you've got the old scar tissue on there from where it was rubbed probably four scar years tissue. ago i don't yeah. know if you call it scar tissue this is scarring scarring on the tree yeah. um you got that and but then on the outside you still got the fresh rubs from this past season and then you've got all these little stump sprouts around it that uh while the bucks were rubbing this particular tree he busted all the other ones and then you look down the hill and there's still two or three others going there's a faint little trail coming out of the Mount Laurel right there. And there's two or three rubs after that signpost that kind of go back down into that Laurel. And it's just a neat little spot. Um, it was kind of the only spot in there where you could, I feel like get a good shot. Uh, Cause there's so much blow down and, and dead stuff in there. Um, it was just a, it was a neat area like rocks. You can get in and hunt pretty easily. Um, so again, it's just a, a spot that I feel like probably, needs another scouting trip. Oh, for sure. And go in there and just pick it apart even more. Because mm -hmm. you think about it, we just, we popped into that one little spot. We haven't really looked at it yet. And oh, if and you look upstream of there, there's better looking terrain features And by the way, there. by the time we got there, I think we had hit about four and a half miles. Four and a half, five miles, something like that. that by the time we get to that one ridge, and we're like, oh my God. And that's like legit. Like, as in yeah. like, you know, I was thinking like, there's not many places in Alabama you can get over a mile. Well, there's some places in Alabama you can get like some big pieces of you know public land. Oh yeah, um, you know management areas and, and and like that you can get far. Like, and that was one of those things I'm like, dude, we are back here. <laughs> we are way far from the truck. But you know that's that's where we start getting to some better and better sign. Uh, so we kind of did that, kind of stopped, chilled out for a little bit, and then like, okay, let's go down this this subtle drainage. And what I mean subtle, like you you can see it on the map. And to be honest, like I was looking at the map and you're, you're like, oh yeah, let's go down here. I was looking, I'm like, man, that doesn't look, I mean, it looks okay. <laughs> Ye of little faith. It, it comes out in like a, like a little hub down below and it comes up to a bigger hub. I'm like, okay, it looks okay. It's a busy little thing. And like, anyways, we start doing that. We start going down and I mean, instantly we just barely come off the top of the ridge. Like, oh, there's a rope. Oh, there's a rope. Oh, there's a rope. And, like, <laughs> and it was like, it was like, I was right. And it was like, bing, bing, bing. Like you could tell the bucks, like you couldn't, I couldn't, the problem was like, you couldn't tell if the bucks were going again, like up and down in elevation or they're yeah. side healing. But it was like, for some reason they were laying down sign within like a 50 yard wide span all the way down. And I'm, when you say a subtle drainage, I mean, it is so subtle. 90% of people, 95% of people look at that. Barely would, would not even think of map. this as a drain. Like barely see it on any mapping service. Cause I, I've looked at it with like four different topo maps. And when I mean subtle drains, I don't mean like, Oh, this is something that's like a couple of feet wide. It's like a, it's 60 to six, probably 60 yards wide. Yeah. Where it's just slightly steeper. Yeah. More, like it's just, if you look at the topo lines, it just, I mean, slightly makes a little sway inwards, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, I mean, hardly noticeable. It's not a ditch or anything like that. When you're yeah. standing in it, you can barely even see. Oh, you just feel like you're on the side of the mountain, but that you, then you just like look left and right. Like, okay, it is like, like a very subtle little low spot going down the side of this ridge. Yeah. And dude, all this buck sign was in there. I mean, tore up yeah. from top to where we ended up. And so we start heading down and it's like rub, 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 big rub, rub. big oh. rubs. Yeah. Fresh rubs from last year all over the place. And dude, we're getting fired up. Also, I'm like, I'm like running down the hill. Also, like, we, we got to a certain spot. We started finding whip rubs. 
going down yeah. the hill. And that's like that's exciting because a whip rub is like that early season. Mm. Velvet's coming it's off. A, rip, whip rub. a whip rub is like when they're rubbing, at least that's her terminology. Some people might call it something different, but it's like a whip rub is when they're rubbing a lot of times like hardwood saplings. Sometimes you find it with pines, but a lot of times it's hardwood saplings. They're like no bigger around than your thumb. Yeah. Like they're small diameter. And what they're doing, they're like thrashing a couple things. I think. Per, some of it's to get the velvet off. Also, I think some of it's just kind of a little testosterone bitch. They're, just, they're not rubbing big trees. They're rubbing these real small, they're whip rubs. Yeah. And, you know, bucks of all sizes seems to do it. So, like, you can't tell, like, oh, it's a big deer or not. But, like, when you find them, to me, it's exciting when you find them and they're broken off. Yep. You get them broken off, they're like 18 inch off and they're snapped it's off. Trash. The tops. And, I'm like, okay, well, he clearly was putting some effort into that and got, you know, twisted up in his, in his rack and, and snapped it. But uh, you'll start finding these whip rubs, and that's again something that happens around here, like in September, October timeframe, when they're like their velvet's coming off, they're kind of splitting up in their out of their bachelor groups, and they're doing these little whip rubs, and we start finding that going down the hill along with bigger rubs. I'm like, okay, there's there's definitely something here. Yeah, yeah, and hey, by the way, that reminded me, you know, them thrashing those little trees to get the velvet off. If you're ever walking through the woods and you just get covered up with like spider webs and you can't get them off of you, just grab you like a big handful of pine needles, like break you off a pine limb or something and just rub it on you. And that'll, that'll get the uh, spider webs right off. So just want to let people know in case, in case like people don't do that. Jacob's giving me a weird look right now. He's clearly never done that. What the hell are you talking about, dude? You get spider webs like all over you. They're like all up in your hair and everything. I don't get no spider webs. I got a spider stick, bro. Yeah, you ain't always got a spider stick. You saw me. I had a spider stick while we were out there. You did have one for most of the time. Yeah, man. I'm freaking packing a spider stick. If you don't know what a spider stick is, boy, you don't live in the South. Yeah, it's pretty bad. So, uh, yeah, we were working down this ridge. Whip rubs, big rubs, you name it. And then, and then. We get down and we're, I measured it. So th- there's a little hub. Okay. Like Jacob was saying, it's hardly noticeable on the map. When you are looking at this little drainage, we're going down. You can barely even tell it's a drainage. There's another one that's a little bit more pronounced. That's coming in from the side and they both meet in this one spot. And I'm like, that's just like the tiniest little most subtle hub. Let's just like, let's just travel down. Cause we're already going downhill. So I'm like, let's just go on this little train feature. I can see. And just see what it looks like. And then we'll hit that little little tiny hub and just, you know, we can check it off the map if there's nothing there. Um, it was about 200 yards above where those two little, little bitty drainages come together. Mm-hmm. Um, 200 yards above it, we look down and there's this big, big, great big longleaf pine uh, growing on the side of the hill. And this is pretty steep. I mean, you're going down and it's a, it's a pretty steep hillside. Right on the back side of this longleaf pine is a nice little flat spot, and there is a mac daddy of a bed right there. I mean, a, a good one. Um, wore way down, sunk into the earth, uh, fresh hair in it, like clearly been used a lot. Exit trails coming out of it, rubs around it. I mean, the whole nine yards. I mean, like textbook definition, like mountain buck bed, right? So... We get up to it and uh, start checking it out and we're all excited and there's, there's actually like two or three beds there. There's one that's like kind of off the pines. Oh, there's two There's two beds. So yeah, there's two beds there. One that was kind of off of those pines and it's kind of, you know, by itself a little bit more in the open where if you're in it, you can look around more and kind of see more stuff. And then there's one that's, I mean, right up against those pines. That you could tell hadn't been used in a while. Yeah. Because like the one, the, the main one we found, it was like pretty much down to dirt. Was the best. Yeah, I mean, it you was. Tell deer's using it a ton, and then you could look just down like three or four yards, and there's another bed there that now, after discussing with some other people, it's probably more like a fall time bed when the leaves come off. Buck's still staying in the same area, but he's shifting his bed just a little bit where he's got these big, he's got like one big pine tree to his back, yeah, like to his side, and he's got another big pine tree just out in front of him. Where like mm-hmm. he's kind of like tucked in there, he can still see all around, but he has like that more like heavier structure next yeah. to him. Yeah. He's he's right up against it. Like a big old crappie sitting next to a pole. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. So uh so we're checking out this bed and everything and, and we're standing in it and we're looking around and he's got one exit trail with the rubs on it that's real nice, like big heavy exit trail. And it's going towards that bigger drainage uh that we actually ended up not going to look at. But uh he's got one again just real nice trail going there but he's got exit trails coming off like spokes of a wheel he's got one going this way one going that way one going this way 
And he's got like four or five little exit trails that he well entrance slash exit, but yeah, yeah entrance slash exit. Um, they're all they're all definitely used frequently, uh, just by how much he's using that bed. But one of them is more pronounced by far, um, and that's the one that had the buck sign on it. And uh, like you're sitting in the bed, and there's a rub, like a good rub, yeah, six yards from it mm-hmm. on the trail facing the bed, where you can tell he's coming from the bed. He's walking down that trail, he's rubbing that tree, and then walking past it. Yep, exactly. So we we marked the bed and everything, of course, and uh, continue down to the hub. And this is where, especially after y'all hear Monday's episode, what we should have done, well, we'd, we'd already, we were so far in there and everything. We need to go back and look at the spot again. Uh, but we, we hit that hub, and there's really just not much down there that, that we found. Uh, there was, there's plenty of deer sign. There was deer tracks throughout the area, um, and, and turkey scratch and everything. A lot of mountain oaks. We spent time looking for like a red oak or a white oak or something different. And I, or I, I didn't find any and it was just kind of like, eh, didn't look that good. Uh, that buck, he can almost see that hub from where he was, uh, cause he could see pretty far down the woods, uh, from where he was sitting. And in the fall, he could maybe see that hub way down there. Um, but so we kind of just moved past that and we kind of wrote it off. And again, after, after this episode, y'all are going to hear on Monday, we, we, what we should have done is we should have started at that bed and started fanning out and find the other beds. Cause there should be a couple others around there and like really pick that area apart and look at it. But we keep going down and we drop below that hub and that hub essentially empties out into a bigger hub, like a bigger Creek drainage and down there on that bigger Creek drainage. What do we find? Dude, well, first of all, we found some red oaks. Yeah. That, that's that's the thing, man. Two big, great big red oaks. Well, let's talk about this. So this area has a ton of mountain oaks, which a mountain oak is like a chestnut, like. Yeah. Like, a, like I think it's a chestnut oak, not a swamp chestnut oak. This is a really big acorn. It looks to me just like a swamp chestnut. Some people probably get upset with me for saying this. It looks very similar to a swamp chestnut oak. It huge, does. It, it does. Huge, it looks just like one huge of those. acorn, and you're seeing them rotting all over the ground. Like, just ain't nothing touching everywhere. Them. Ain't nothing touching them. Uh, other than maybe some turkeys. And we get to and like we were talking previously. Like, dude, I wonder if we can find a red oak or white oak somewhere on the side of this big ridge, like higher up in elevation. I bet you it's gonna be the ticket. I bet you, like we're, we were talking about. I bet you like you know. It's probably gonna be some sign there. Like we're probably gonna find something different. And dude, we just came right into that little hub, and boom! Like I can't remember. Did we see? The, I think we saw rubs first, and then we looked up, and there was a red oak. Yep, that was it. So actually, the very first thing we saw was a big deer trail going down in there, a big impressive deer trail, and we were actually walking that deer trail, and it was covered up with tracks. And I was like, man, I'm. I think I might put a camera right here because they're traveling this so much right now. And then I think you look down the hill and peeling off that deer trail, going down the drainage, you were like, oh, there's a rub right there. And so we start walking down towards that rub, and then we're like, oh, there's a rub. 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 On and on. We find like 15 rubs like right there, and we're looking around. And like good, like big, like, big nice tree the size of like my calf, I mean, tore up. But also not just rubs, but like as, again, like our buddy Paul, Paul Putera. We've had on the podcast before, and you're actually going to hear from him soon, very soon. Um, he talks a lot about like when it comes to rubs, kitters just rub is like deep gouges. Yeah, which, which you're getting the gouges. Some people think is like the tines or the bra- or the uh, brow tines. It's not like when they're rubbing, they're rubbing like the, their their forehead and the bases are what's rubbing the tree. So when you have a deep gouge, it's showing there's like more trash, like more like sh- short knobs, like knobs, short little points, whatever on the bases and burrs and burrs. And that's what's tearing up. And a lot of times that's a characteristic. It seems like very commonly across the board or more of a characteristic of an older deer. Yeah. Than what you'll find with a younger buck. I'll tell you what, dude, this is a great example. We got three bucks on the wall right here next to us in my house. Uh, the, this top one, and I wish the listeners can see this, the top one and the bottom one, those are both younger deer. The middle one's an older buck. If you look at the, if you look at the two younger deer, they're like, their antlers are just smoother, especially around the bases. If you look at that older one, he's just got burrs and like the base, his bases are just a lot more bumpy. And he's got that kind of stuff on there where you could see if he rubs a tree, you're going to get like those big gouges Mm -hmm. in that rub. 
where all those little burrs and knobs and and rough spots on the on his bases are going to be like really gouging that tree. And it's not like these little slickhorn bucks that are still you know rubbing the bark off of it, but they're they don't have the, the all that all that extra stuff down there that's going to like really dig into that that the meat of that tree and dig stuff out of it. Um, and those are the rubs that we were finding. And that's a good point. It's not necessarily their tines doing those big gouges or anything. It's mm-hmm. it's that trash, for lack of a better term, all that junk around the bottom. So, found rubs like that, um, whip rubs, you name it, and we look up and boom, red oak right there. Big red oak, big, tall red oak. First one we've seen. At that elevation. In a long time. Yeah. We hadn't seen a red oak in a long time. And there's actually two of them. We look over, there's another one. And we walked through all this area, and we did find some buck sign up higher, but you get down to those two red oaks, and it's like, bam, like covered up, buck sign all over the place. There's scrapes down there, rubs, and uh, and you kind of leave it, and the sign kind of dries up a little bit, and then we went over like this little knob, and we dropped into this nice little saddle, kind of a lower elevation, and we drop into that saddle and you've got a mix of white oaks, like American white oaks and red oaks, buck sign down there too. And an old tree stand. Which, which I was going to say, we, yeah, we found where some old, I mean, God bless this guy who built this thing back in probably the seventies, maybe. Yeah, probably. And this old rickety, you know, stand that was like, like grown to the tree, like wooden stand and everything. Yeah. It had like metal pipes going up the tree. Yeah. Screwed metal pipes into that the tree were, for his ladder. That were like grown to the tree, like three or four inches. And uh, I'm like, man, if that guy put that much effort into like building a stand like in this spot, it's got to be pretty good. And dude, we didn't go 30 yards from there. And there's like, oh, there's a big scrape. Oh, dude, there's some big rubs. Yeah. Like, in this one saddle. I'm like, okay, well, you know. Oh, boy knows what's up. He knew. He, I mean, he was going to put that much effort into it. He's not just going to do it blind. He's going to hunt mm-hmm. a spot for four or five years. Know that hey, there's a lot of deer coming through here and put that stand up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so that, that, was, a, that was a great looking spot. A lot of sign in there. And we're pretty confident at this point because now we've been on buck sign pretty consistently for like a long ways. Uh, so we're like, okay, I, f- I feel like we're starting to figure it out. We cross this creek, and the, the only way I can describe this is we're on the bottom third of this main ridge system at this point. And there's almost like, I would almost call it like a bench-like thing. It's not a true bench, but it's like a large, like flatter, you know, not even secondary. Like It's like the third ridge that comes off the main ridge. And it's flat. Uh, kind of going around the base of the main ridge. And I again, this is one of those spots I was thinking like, this looks interesting. It, it just looks like natural travel possibly. And we cross this creek and we hit that. And you want to talk about a great definition of negative terrain. I mean, just void of life. There was no tracks. There was no rubs. There was no scrapes. I mean, it was just like abrupt. Nothing. Like abrupt from like being in some sun. To nothing. Yeah. Um, which, is, you know, I wasn't upset about because I'm like, well, this would be good access. The deer aren't in here, clearly. Um, yeah, but by the time we're at that point, we're like six and a half miles in. Yeah. Or six miles in. And we're like, all right, well, we got to still get back to the truck. Yeah, so now we're, we're chugging, getting along back to the truck. And yeah, just very, very little deer sign in there. Um, and that was more or less kind of the end of the scouting trip. I mean, at that point, yeah, we we're kind of like, boogieing back to the truck. Yeah, absolutely. But it's again, it was interesting, kind of like where we found the sign in correlation, like elevation, uh, some of the trails and, and tracks and rubs, and just kind of like painting a better picture of like, okay, what do these deer, what does it seem like these deer are doing, especially come the rut when they're traveling and laying all this sign down? Because, I mean, it's still very visible. By the way, also I'll say this, after being up there and like in those mountains, now I understand how like guys that like hunt mountains are like hardcore shed hunters. Yeah. So I'm like, dude, like, there were some areas that were just very, very green and lush. It'd be very hard to find sheds, but a lot of it, I'm like, man, I, I get it. Like, you can definitely shed hunt this stuff. Like, you know, compared to like some of these other places that we hunt where it's just a ton, a ton of thickets. That's like, you know, the only place you'd be shed hunting is like in a, a green field or, you know, in an SMZ. Yep. And other than that, like, you're not necessarily busting brush through a pine thicket just to go and hope you like stumble on a, on a, you know, on an antler. Yep. So I was like, yeah, you know, there's definitely something to that too. But, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, this is a really fun trip. I mean, I had a, I had a freaking blast going up through that area and just checking out something new. You know, you get all excited. This is the time of year. You, you start going and looking at different stuff and, 
you start getting building that anticipation for the coming fall and it's just a it's just a great time of year so uh so yeah you're you're gonna hear more about that on the next couple episodes we got a lot of great guests coming up stuff that we've already recorded been working on uh stuff where we're trying to basically jump out ahead of a lot of these subjects that we're wanting to cover this summer based on you know what what we think will be really cool to listen to but also what you guys have said you want to hear about um so we're gonna be doing a lot of series and so some of these series have been in the works actually for a month or more uh so so be looking out for those first one drops on monday we're really excited about it um we got to do some reviews well hit it bro um let's see we got i think we got one new review yep appreciate by leaving the new reviews uh not only just a Standard five-star review on uh, Apple Podcasts or iTunes, but also everybody's leaving us written reviews. So I think, yeah, we got a, a, a good, solid new one that just came in that uh, Andy, I'll let you, I'll let you hit. Dude. Yes, sir. Uh, this is from uh, Smitty BUA, May 4th, 2022. Um, can't wait to use the turkey tips. Five stars. I just started listening for uh, a few days ago. And I've literally been listening to you guys for 10 hours a day while I operate equipment. Keep up the good work. That is fantastic, man. We really appreciate that. Really appreciate you listening. Really appreciate all you guys listening. Um, One thing that I'll add, too, by the way, we're almost, we're at 882 ratings uh, on iTunes. So if, if you haven't left one already, if you could go leave us a rating and or a written review, five stars on iTunes, Massive help to us. We really want to hit 900 before the month of May is over. Um, hopefully more than that. And uh, other thing is Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts, as some of y'all have probably seen, we are offering ad-free shows now. So if you've heard ads on the show, you know you hear us with our own ads with uh, whoever we're working with, but also you hear a bunch of random ads probably for like insurance and I don't know, toothpaste. I don't know what they advertise on there. Uh those ads are similar to YouTube ads. We kind of talked about this before. It's just we we kind of open that up and they run ads on our show. And uh, if you don't want to hear that stuff, all you have to do is subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Um, one ninety nine a month, and you don't get any of those ads. That's a dollar ninety nine a month. One hundred ninety nine dollars. One hundred ninety nine dollars a month. <laughs> you, so, get a per- you get a personal uh, good night call every night from, <laughs> from Jacob Myers and Andrew Maxwell. Jacob Myers will call you every night until you have sweet dreams. <laughs> <laughs> For $199 a month. For $199 a month. So, yeah, uh, if if you feel so inclined, go hit that up. That's a that's a big help Again, to us a, for a, sure. $1.99, just clarification. <laughs> $1.99. But, yeah, appreciate everybody's support there because we already know. Uh, there's, uh, there's a couple of you guys have already signed up for it, so greatly appreciate that. Helps out the show tremendously. And, again, hey. You know, gets you where you don't have to worry about listening to ads on the podcast. Very smooth transition throughout the show. So, again, you should thoroughly enjoy it. But appreciate that support. And also appreciate everybody been listening to this Southern Waters Fishing Podcast. There it is. Yes, sir. Crushing it, guys. Absolutely crushing it. Uh, last week, we had our best week uh, yet on the podcast, uh, download-wise. And just, again... Greatly appreciate everybody's been subscribing to the Southern Waters Fishing Podcast. Uh, listen to some of those interviews. And, again... Like we say every single week on that podcast, you know, our goal is to try to make everybody better anglers. And it's been absolutely fantastic, the feedback from that show so far. So I appreciate everybody's been leaving the reviews over there for the Southern Waters Fishing Podcast. Highly recommend listening to it as well. You know, if you love fishing, especially the summer and everything, highly recommend you go and check it over those uh, those episodes we get uh, on that series. And again, if you actually subscribe to uh, the ad-free uh, option on Apple Podcasts, or iTunes, you actually get not only the Southern Outdoorsman podcast ad-free, but you also get the Southern Waters Fishing podcast ad-free. That is true. That's so a great du- point. You know, double, you know, extra bang for your double buck. Double dipping. Yeah, a little double dipping there, a little double dip action. So, yeah, dude, $1 a month for each show, you know, $1. $1. One dollar make you holler. Man, what can you get for a dollar, bro? Does it even have a dollar? You can't get, get nothing dollars for a dollar these days, man. Man. Nothing. Um, can't even get a pack of gum for a dollar. Anyways, uh, so yeah, go go subscribe to those. And and the last thing I'll say again is is just stressing the Patreon thing. Patreon, uh, I'm gonna have some extra videos up for our Patreon members. They're gonna get to go see that. So if you're not a part of Patreon, uh, make sure you go check that out. Or if you are a part of Patreon, just make sure that you're kind of watching that feed and, and watching for the content that's gonna be coming out there here pretty soon. 
Um, I think that's all I got. You got anything else? I do not. So, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it, man. Appreciate everybody listening to the podcast. Of course, like and subscribe. Share it with your buddy. And uh, we'll have to catch you back here on this coming Monday's episode of the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast. And we guarantee you're not going to want to miss it. No, sir. So, y'all stay Southern. All right, guys, we're starting to get kind of close to summer here. And you know what my favorite part about summer is? The Mobile Hunters Expo. Y'all heard us talk about it a lot last year, and we actually got to meet a lot of you guys at that expo. Well, we're excited to announce we're going to be there again. This time it's going to be in Dalton, Georgia, June 28th through June 30th. We are going to be there all three days. We're going to have a bunch of past podcast guests there. We're going to have a booth where you can come by and grab some merchandise. And I'm sure we're going to be recording all kinds of podcasts there. If you're unfamiliar, the Mobile Hunters Expo is the place you need to be if you are the kind of hunter that listens to this podcast this show was literally made for you it is an excellent group of people that are going to be there a lot of whitetail killers from around the southeast are going to be there you're going to get to talk to them shake their hand learn from them in person make some connections and guys we get a lot of questions about hey, which saddle should i get which tree stand should i get what about this piece of gear what about that piece of gear How do I meet other hunters who want to hunt the same way that I do? You know, finding a good hunting buddy. The Mobile Hunters Expo is a place for all of that. So you guys don't miss it. June 28th through the 30th, Dalton, Georgia. We'll see you there.